Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Another week, another podcast. Welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. Yeah, we're stoked uh, to be here with all of you. And we are continuing with uh, the theme of, you know, and what we what we mean by that is every month for this year, we're going to be sharing kind of the, a different theme or a different strength that our program that families buy or invest in is built around. And and the strength this uh, this month is we talk. And again, that was one of the strengths that came out of the research out of the University of Nebraska of what makes up strong families. And the research was just really clear that in strong families, they talk. And, and it, was, it was two things. They talk just often about anything and everything and, and nothing. And they also talk about you know, hard, challenging, like real things. And they've, they've built that as a strength in their family. And I truly believe it's probably... I think all obviously all the strengths are important, but I think it might be one of the most important because if you can't talk as a family, and if you don't feel comfortable talking, and if you're fear if you have this fear of being judged, it's like, man, it'd be really difficult to be the family you want to be or become who you want to be as a person. But imagine what's possible in a family where you really can talk and you can talk about anything. And especially if you could get to a place where you could talk without judgment as as much as possible. Yeah, I think this is one of my favorite family values. I don't I don't know if I could say I have a favorite, but I really like this one. And I feel like it comes up a lot, no matter what age my kids are or even between Chris and I. It's something that I always want to have and model. Um, and for us, that is, you know, we can talk about anything without judgment. Um, and yeah, I just it's one of my favorites. Yeah, so that that is our family's value in this category. Smiths can talk about anything without judgment. And for me, those could almost be two separate values. Smiths can talk about anything. That could just be a value, period. But then this idea without judgment. Without judgment, I think, is the part that's maybe a little more difficult. It's easier said than done. Because for me, I can I can talk of I can have my kids or, or Melissa talk to me about anything without judgment if it's what I want to hear. <laughs> or if it's you know, uh, something I agree with. It's though, can I still have no judgment when it's not something I want to hear or it's not something I agree with? And I think that this is probably easier to do with complete strangers and people that we know and have so much emotion tied up in in the relationship. And I think that every time our children come to talk to us, how we react or how we respond has a lot to do with if they come talk to us again and and how real they are with us. So if our children come and share something with us that's maybe not what we want to hear or not something we agree with, if we react emotionally and make them feel wrong in any way, that can be really damaging. And we've all done it. And if we can learn to, no matter what our children say or what our significant other says, especially when it's something we don't agree with, we don't want to hear, can we just, can we still respond 
from a place of trying to be loving and understanding, that would obviously foster a much greater likelihood that they would feel even more confident, more comfortable talking to us. And, and look, experience, you know, with human beings tells all of us that people are going to talk to someone. It's just, who are they going to talk to? Is it going to be us, their family, their siblings, their parents, or other people who might not be the most healthy situations, you know, for them to talk to. And so I'd, ra I'd way rather build a culture where if someone's struggling in our family, the, they feel most comfortable talking to someone in their family because they know that they're not going to be judged and they know that they can trust that conversation. We have a couple of stories that kind of model exactly what that, that can look like. Um, wanting to, or just having like open communication and how that really can support families and like really great outcomes when, when family members are struggling. Um, these are more Chris's stories though. So I'm going to let him, him tell them. So yeah, the first story is that comes to mind when we first started family brand, uh, we asked a group of families, Hey, will you, will you go through this program and just, you know, kind of a beta test and give us feedback on it. And we had a group of entrepreneurs, families go through it. And it was really cool. And when we got to this particular part of the program a couple weeks in, and we were talking about just the importance of communication, the importance of talking. Uh, one one entrepreneur said, hey, I have I have a story that I really don't want to share because it makes me kind of uncomfortable. But I'm, I really feel like I should share it because it might might make a difference for someone on the call. And he said, when I was growing up, we had a rule in our family. He's like, I... Now that I've been through family brand, I can actually kind of see that it was more of a family value, but we just called it a rule. And the family rule was that we, we share when we're struggling because to my mom, it was really important that we never feel like we have to struggle alone, which I think is so profound because, you know, it's, it's proven now that shame and guilt and all of that thrives in secrecy. So if you, if you struggle in silence, you struggle alone, it's really hard. And, and so he said, I'll never forget the day when my mom came home and said, Hey, and she sat us all down and said, there's something that I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you because of our family rule of, you know, we share when we're struggling. She said, I have cancer. And he said, he remembers how much that impacted him, like how hard that was for his mom to tell them, but yet how, how important it was for her to live their family's value or rule because she didn't want to struggle alone, even though it was hard for her to share. So he said, so fast forward years and years later, and he said, unfortunately, at this point, I'm estranged from my family. I haven't talked to him or seen them in years. I'm living in a distant city. And I find myself at the lowest point in my life struggling with a drug addiction. And I feel completely alone. And I'm struggling alone. And he said, out of nowhere, I haven't thought about it in years. All of a sudden, our family's rule pops into my head. Like, we share when we're struggling so they won't have to struggle alone. And so he said, I picked up the phone and I called my mom. And... I called her and she was surprised that I called and he said, mom, I have something that I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. And he said, I, I have a drug addiction and I'm really struggling. And I thought it was so cool that his mom, her first words, her first response wasn't, there wasn't judgment. It was just, do you want help? And he said, I don't want help, but I need help. And she said, well, where are you? And he told her where. He was, and she said, okay, I'll, I'm on, I'll be on the next flight out. And uh, he said that she came out and basically rescued him and saved his life. 
And he's like, man, the power of that, like, had we not had that as a value and it had that not been part of the culture of our family, I would have never reached out. But I knew that I could share with my mom and I knew she wanted me to share with her. I just loved that story. It literally saved his life. And, and look at like, and, and the power of that too, I think is that it was years and years and years later and it still impacted him. So sometimes we're, we're probably not going to tell our family just one time, Hey, you can, you can talk to me when you're struggling or Hey, we can talk with about anything without judgment. You're not just going to say that once and it probably will land or people will believe it. But if you reinforce that a lot, Hey, we can talk about anything without judgment. We can share when we're struggling. And if you model it the best you can, I think your, your children, your significant other will come to start to trust that and believe in it. Another story, and, I, and this one to me highlights really, again, the, how, how important it is how we respond and, and trying to respond from a place of love and understanding. And it, and it reminds me too of one of the things that um, my coach, Steve Hardison says, one of his declarations is, uh, no one is worthy of my judgment. Everyone is worthy of my love. And so one of the things I've been sharing with Melissa recently is just, I just don't think people need our judgment. I don't think that's what helps people is us judging them when they're already struggling. I think, I don't think people need our judgment. I think people need our love. Because like that, 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 you know, entrepreneur, that gentleman who shared that story, he was like, he was probably thinking, I have enough judgment already. I'm beating myself up enough. So I don't need someone else to pile on. I just need love and this next story really highlights that as one of my really great friends who i just love and admire and he told me that you know he's like when he found out his son was was doing drugs he said that was really really hard as you can imagine as a parent to hear that you know and the first thing my natural tendency was to like react and get emotional and get mad and after all the stuff we do for you and after all that we've done for you how could you do this you know and i wanted to react and teach him a lesson and he said, you know, I'm grateful that instead I just, I responded and told him I loved him and asked him questions. And I was curious about it. And he, he could tell, he said it was, I could tell that it was, my son was kind of surprised that I was actually curious and asked questions and sought to understand him more. And it just created this dialogue where I didn't even have to tell him that he could trust me. I was just demonstrating it. It's like, it's who I was, I was being like, and how I was showing up for him that was demonstrating to him that, wow, I can trust my dad. And he said that, you know, he thinks that that really helped create this dialogue. And he said, it wasn't just overnight, his son stopped struggling, but over time he felt like his son could come to him and he was able to help him. And, you know, fast forward today and his son is now doing really, really well. And I know that's not every situation or every family. And, and I've had some, I've had some experiences recently with one of our children actually, where They've come and shared with me some things that they're struggling with. And I think that my tendency, again, probably like a lot of people, my tendency is to react, teach a lesson, share advice. And, and I think oftentimes it's the, one of the most used, like non-useful things we can do is to, is to do that. And I think that when someone comes to you to share with you something they're struggling with, don't think the thing they're looking for all the time is a lesson or advice or wisdom. It's just love and understanding and someone who's really willing to listen and not listen from a place of what am I going to say to you and what am I going to teach you? Listen from a place of, I'm just, I'm just here to listen to you as a human being. Um, but I think my natural tendency is like, well, what do I do? What should I do? What should I say? 
And I think maybe instead it's like, and so I had this happen recently with one of my children where they came and shared something with me. And the thought that I had pop into my head was, who could I be for this child right now? Who could I be as their father? Who could I be or who would I be? And I, and I know that if I had thought, well, what do I do or what do I say? It wouldn't have had me think of what I thought of. And when, when I was thinking, how, who could I be for this child? And who could I be as a father that loves them and without judgment? And from that place, I had this idea. I had this thought to say. And what I said to this child was, hey, you just need to know that there's nothing that you could ever do or nothing that you could ever say that would change the way I see you and that would change the way I feel about you. I love you no matter what. And I could tell it really impacted this child. And, and I was surprised that that's I came up with that because that, that's not my natural. I was like, wow, I didn't teach a lesson or I didn't try to. And the last thing I'll say on that is I, I heard this one really awesome tip from a parent one time where they said they've taken a blank piece of paper and put it in an envelope more, more to just like have something to symbolize. And they, they've given each one of their children this blank piece of paper inside of an envelope. And they just told their, each one of their children, if you ever want to come talk to me and you don't want me to respond with advice or a lesson, you just want me to listen, just come hand this envelope to me and I'll know. I'll, I'll know what that means. And I was like, wow, that's such a good, such great advice. Because I think a lot of times that's what people struggling or they just want someone to listen. So I just, those are two stories that I've learned a lot from. Thank you for sharing those. And I think that it is so hard in families because we're so invested in the outcome. Like as you're, as the parent or as the spouse, it's not like there's, this is just some random person coming to you. It's like their success or their happiness is like, you want it so badly and, and you want to do, and sometimes you think like, Oh, the thing that will help them achieve achieve that, that help them be happy or help them work through this is by me giving them all this advice or doing all this stuff. It's so hard because there's so much added to it than if they were just some other random person. Yeah. And you also know, like in families, you know the best of people, but you also know the worst. You know, it's like you've you've seen you've seen all of it. But I just I also think about what could be created as a family and like what you could get done and like the performance in a relationship. And I think about the same thing inside of companies, you know, this is one of the concepts that we talk about when I, when I'm consulting companies around creating a culture of belonging is imagine what, imagine what you could get done inside of a, a relationship, whether it's in a marriage with your children in your business, with a business partner, employees, if you really could create an environment where we're, yeah, we can talk, we can talk about anything. There isn't any conversation we can't have. And I don't know if this is useful that fits in this, but one of my daily affirmations, and again, not because I'm living it, but striving to is I, I say in the mornings, I am unoffendable. I cannot be rattled because I can easily get offended. I can easily get rattled. And it usually most, most of the times when we get offended or get rattled is because of something someone has said. And so I just think that Man, if this is something that we can learn to do in families, really learn to listen to each other, really learn to like see each other and strive to listen from a place of 
love and understanding. Strive to listen from a place of just listening. And I know that there's there's a quote that a lot of families really love that we share in our in our program. Yeah, I just had a family last week that was like, oh man, like this really impacted me. It's by Peggy o- O'Mara. It says, the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice. And I think, yeah, the, so so in this idea of talking, it's also the words we use, the things that we say to each other that shape our identity. And I think one of our most downloaded episodes of all time is actually our second episode, the second episode we ever shot around the words you use create the culture in your home. So that could also be a useful episode to, if you're interested in this idea of creating this this culture of talking, if for lack of a better word, in your family. Yeah, and I'd love to leave this episode with a couple of actual like takeaways for this week. I think number one, um, maybe look, is there a conversation that you feel like you want to have in your family, but you're not having? Like maybe you're afraid to, or you don't know exactly how to. Maybe that could be, I don't know, sex, pornography, drugs, it could be, I mean, those are like some bigger conversations, or maybe it's like a simple conversation. Um, you know, you haven't gotten around to planning family a vacation this year or something, and you want to plan that. Or there's a conversation where you know that you would love to express your appreciation and your love for a member of your family more powerfully than you have been, yet that can feel scary sometimes. Totally. Okay. So is, it, is there, look at, you know, your family, is there a conversation you want to have that you have not had yet? And then the second thing that I feel like we've talked about this before, but it's so much bang for your buck when it comes to family is eating meals together as a family. There's so many things on display when you sit down and have meals, not to mention the incredible research about what eating together as a family does for a family and does for children, including like decreased risky sexual behaviors decreased risk of drug abuse, um, better grades, uh, less likely to seek out treatment for anxiety and depression. Like some really incredible research of families that ate, I think it's seven or more meals together a week. No, five, five or more meals together a week. Anyway, so this week, I would love to challenge you also to eat another meal together, maybe than you usually have. And What this has to do with talking is I feel like at the dinner table when everyone is present, that's one of the best. And sometimes truly, you know, if you're a busy family, like most families are, it might be the only time during the day where you're actually all present and with each other and you do have the opportunity to connect and talk. So I was just going to take it a little bit further. Something that we love to do at dinner time, if it's kind of like, okay, what do we talk about? (laughs) Is this thing called best, worst, weirdest. And it's this, we take, everyone at the dinner table takes turns talking about the best part of their day, what was the worst part of your day, and what was the weirdest part of your day. And I'm going to have Chris, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, but I'm going to put you on the spot and have you model this about your recent trip to Japan. Chris just got back from Japan with the boys, and he talks about like what an incredible with the boys, meaning our oldest Tate and Tanner, who are 15 and 14. They spent a week in Japan recently. Tell us what was your best part of your trip, the worst part and the weirdest part. So you can kind of get a feel for what this looks like. Uh, yeah, the best part of my trip to Japan was definitely 
just having that dedicated time with Tate and Tanner. Like I walked away with a new, a new depth of appreciation and love for Tate and Tanner, just that their sense of adventure and their courage to try new things and get outside of their comfort zone. Another best part was just experiencing Japan. I mean, I, I want to do a podcast episode just about that because I think there's a lot of things we can learn from that experience that applies to families, especially culture. Uh, the worst part of the trip, and wasn't even that bad of a part, but the worst part of the trip, I think, was probably the jet lag at first and just how tired we were and trying to figure out the public transit system at times when getting on wrong buses and wrong subways, but we just laughed. And well, then you just went for it, though. Yeah. And the weirdest part of the trip, I think, was just the fat, like how fascinating their culture and not and weird can be like still one of the best parts and weird can sometimes be one of the worst. So it's just depending on what. But the weirdest part of the trip was just like experiencing a brand new culture that is so foreign to us. Okay, so that's what it looked like. So that would be Chris's part of the of, the, of it. And then you just go around and everyone would share. Usually, usually we just do it like that day. And you don't let people skip out on the worst because a lot of times we just, again, that's, oh, I don't have a worst. And then you dig in a little bit and they, everyone has, and, and not because we're looking for negative, but again, it's like, we can talk about the best parts of, of our lives. We can talk about the worst parts. We can talk about the weirdest. I, one, one caution though I would give is fam, eating family meals together doesn't mean we all get food and then go into our own bedrooms or, and, and watch TV or we all get food and then go sit down and watch TV. And there's some time and place for that. But if you really want to maximize this, like eat, prepare meals of family, sit at the table with no devices, no TVs on, no phones, and really be together, be with each other, be present to each other, talk. And it's just such a cool experience and a cool opportunity. Okay. So as a reminder, your takeaways for the week, is there a conversation you're not having that you want to have? Have that this week. And then secondly, eat another meal together you know, than you normally would. And if you feel like you want to have something that like kind of gets the conversation going, try and play best, worst, weirdest. Can I add one more? Yep. This is more of maybe a challenge of maybe just next time you're in a conversation with a member of your family and you find yourself wanting to react, which happens to me daily. Um, <laughs> maybe just really kind of try to catch yourself and say like, okay, I can react right here or how, and I'm not saying You'll do it perfectly, but even just saying, how could I respond from a place of love and understanding? Yeah, I think sometimes, at least for me, it takes, it's like, okay, how can I build in a little bit of time between, you know, input received and like me delivering the word or like what, you know, the response. I've actually seen Melissa, I've seen you model this before multiple times really beautifully where it's okay to ask for a do-over. Sometimes something happens in the moment, you know, you reacted, you know, you overreacted, you, you step back, you reflect on it, and then you come back and you say to that person, Hey, can we, can we have a do over? Like that was a, that was a dad fail. Like I totally reacted. I did not, you know, that was not me demonstrating some miscon talk about anything without judgment. Can we have a do over? And I've just found that, man, the faster you can do that in any situation, but especially in communication, man, you're your significant other, your kids, like they really start to respect that and appreciate that and usually grant you a lot of grace. Thank you. I feel like you're good at modeling that too. Okay. This week, go talk. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed 
because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in, in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.